Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, DCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Jordan Della Valley. You can find us on Twitter at Sky Guasco and J Della Valley 7. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 477. Tonight, we're going to be rocking the week six game recaps and looking ahead a little bit to week seven. I'm going to give you the general recap of week six, and Jordan's going to look ahead to week seven per usual. Y'all know the drill. If you're just tuning in live on Facebook, Yahoo, uh, Yahoo, YouTube, (laughs) Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, feel free to jump in our comment section. We'll get to as many of those as we possibly can. If they're relative to the time that we jump in, we'll get to them. If not, then we'll do it at the end of the episode. Jordan, first week of bye weeks, man. Only four teams out last week. It wasn't too bad. Just two games worth of teams. But this week, we got the big, uh, you know, by NATO, the bipocalypse. Uh, There's about 15 different names for this situation, but we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, and Dallas Cowboys all out on bye. And there's roughly about 30 fantasy assets among those teams. So how did the first bye week treat you? And looking ahead, how are you looking for this week coming up? I mean, first bye week was almost felt like nothing compared to the one coming up. Obviously, a <laughs> ton of teams. Everyone's going to have to go through it. Uh, you know, we were just talking before we went live that I've got a team where my wide receiving core is Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, and CD Lamb, who I just now have no wide receivers. I'm, I'm rolling with all my backups this week. Um, but it's almost the way of it. Uh, always, you know, when you're drafting, it's it's always the question of, do you just load up on on bye weeks and eat the one loss that week, or do you try and spread them out? Um, I, you know, me typically, I just try to, you know, stay water and see where the, the draft takes me and who I like there and, and not worry too much about the bye weeks. Um, for situations like this, it's, it's hard to avoid this week. Yeah, it is. And I, I think the only thing that, you know, you can kind of uh... – not panic too much yet about is the fact that your opponents for the most part are also going through this, right? I mean, you happen to have those three receivers, but who in that league also has, let's say, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, you know, Mike Williams and Justin Jefferson, right? Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson. I mean, the list goes on this week. So everybody's dealing with it, Um, you know, uh, as waivers have cleared, Obviously, if you're listening back on this on the podcast, your waivers most likely have cleared. And if you're listening live now, you'll have that opportunity this evening. Um, you can double it back one episode, and I ran down the entire waiver run here with my boy Dwee's uh, last episode. So we gave you some options there. But hopefully you hit the waivers. Um, and you play a little defense on the waiver wire as well. Maybe you don't have a bunch of these guys out. You just don't have a lot of these guys on your team. You could pick up a Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, maybe get ahead on Michael Gallup or somebody uh, for the future, right? You can you can look ahead a little bit. Maybe Alexander Madison gets dropped this week. Tony Pollard gets dropped this week. Uh, Dawson Knox could get dropped this week for a roster spot. It's as important to look at who gets dropped as it is who is getting picked up. So keep an eye on that. All right, let's get into the week six recaps and look ahead to week seven, Jordan. We have many... Uh, <laughs> Many crazy games this this last weekend. We had a bunch of blowouts, 
Um, we had a couple of close games. Of course, we have another week of an overtime game on Sunday night football with a, a thriller with the Seahawks and the Steelers, of course, without Russell Wilson. Last night's game with the Bills and the Titans was absolutely phenomenal. Derrick Henry just continues to dominate. So we've been kind of all over the map this NFL season, but the primetime games that have gotten a lot of flack over the years, Thursday and Monday night especially, every game pretty much has been absolutely phenomenal. Down to the wire, a close game, um, backups are playing very well, uh, studs are performing for the most part, and we've had overtime finishes as well. So let's jump right into the Bills and the Titans here. Titans get the upset, 34-31 at the end there. Huge goal line stand. Josh Allen tries to kind of QB sneak in on fourth and one. Slips, comes up short regardless. Titans defense holds. They get the win, 34-31. Derrick Henry, 143 yards and three touchdowns, over 130 yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games. Dude is absolutely off his rocker. Ryan Tannehill, 216 passing yards, but a rushing touchdown, not a passing one. A.J. Brown completely shut out in the first half, but goes 7 for 91 in the second half. Julio Jones, nice first half, 3 for 59, a great sideline catch, but he goes out with a hamstring, misses the rest of the second half pretty much. It was kind of a decoy. Josh Allen, 353 and three touchdowns. Zach Moss has 10 total touches for... 39 yards, and Devin Singletary, 10 total touches for 43 total yards. Diggs, 9 for 89 and 1. Sanders, 5 for 91. Should have had a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Beasley, 7 for 88 and 1. And Dawson Knox, pedestrian day at 3 and 25. Almost scores a rushing touchdown, but it was called back as well. So a lot to cover in this game here from the Bills and the Titans from Monday Night Football. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, you mentioned the Julio catch on the side. I mean, that was wild. And then uh, obviously the end of the game, I don't know what the play call was, but I mean, like I know QB sneak, but I don't understand the logic of it. You have fourth and one, there was what, 12 seconds left with no timeouts. You get that first down. What are you, what are you doing? Like you don't, you're not getting a, like three more plays here. You don't have a, any timeouts. You're, Likely got one more shot at it. I mean, I would have caught a pass play there, maybe, um, or just go for the field goal. But anyway, uh, going back to fantasy, uh, uh, you mentioned the pedestrian day for uh, Dawson Knox. Obviously, uh, had a I think broken hand or fractured a bone in his in his hand uh, as well in this game. So um, he's out indefinitely. Um, looking forward to like what you know what that means for the Bills. Obviously, the very rarely are you looking at backup tight ends. Uh, only one available on the on the Bills roster, I think is Tommy Sweeney, and so I'm not looking to pick him up. I think a lot of any like Dawson Knox volume touchdown uh, red zone looks is going to go to this wide receiving core. Um, I think also any any buy low window on on Stephon Diggs is probably closed uh, with with this game, um, but I would look for a lot of that Dawson Knox volume to go to Sanders, uh, Beasley, and, and a little bit to Diggs as well. Um, obviously the, the bills do have the buy coming up in this. I mean, again, what team doesn't, um, so maybe after the bye week, you could look to potentially trade, uh, for one of these guys, uh, especially as you start to think about, uh, trading guys, trading for guys who already passed their buy, uh, for guys who, who have not yet hit their buy, right. You get that, uh, extra game in there, um, but for the most part, I mean, I think uh, not looking to trade for someone going into their buy. Um, Titans get Kansas City next week. Uh, you know, you would hope to see Tannehill, AJ Brown, Julio if he's if he's healthy and, and playing uh, to get back and continue. I guess from from this uh, performance. The really one question for me with with Tennessee and Derrick Henry, obviously, he's lighting the world on fire. But can he really keep up this pace? Right, like 162 carries through six games. 17 game pace of like, what is that? 450 plus carries like his career high last year when everyone said, Oh, like Derrick Henry can't keep up this pace was 380 carries a little under that. Right. So 378, 378. I was close. So like Derrick Henry's obviously been getting the work, especially with the wide receivers out. I'm curious if you look at this, this uh, period the same way I do, where if I have Derrick Henry, it, it might be a, sell high window where depending on what you can get back for him uh i don't think he's keeping up this pace year long um 
No, just because, just because if you look back on this, right, we covered this a little bit this summer. Derrick Henry's been utilized this way since high school, dude. All right. Like he didn't get to the NFL and everyone was like, oh, you're a monster. Just run the ball constantly. He's been doing this since high school and then at Alabama. And then he sat behind DeMarco Murray for a couple seasons pretty much. But then he took off a couple years ago when he's been obviously dominant. Um, can he keep up this pace without injury? Yes, I feel like he can. I don't see why he couldn't because he's a different style back. I think guys, other workhorses in the NFL, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara, I guess, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's not quite there yet, but those other kind of guys are smaller, obviously, but they take bigger hits, right? They're um, making bigger plays more often which, I mean, like, they get tired during the game. Derrick Henry has a lot of, like, you know, two-yard, three-yard, two-yard, negative one, six-yard, four-yard, 78, right? And you know that that's coming every game because he wears guys down. And LeGarrette Blunt did it for a couple of years. Marshawn Lynch used to do this. Brandon Jacobs would do this. Um, you know, Steven Jackson back in the day for the Rams and the Falcons would do this. This is the kind of running back that um, really is kind of just throwback old school, obviously, and – he always gets better as the season goes on. So he gets better as the game goes on and wears down that secondary who just can't tackle him, literally. And then in the second half as well. So in, as far as like he goes, no, I don't think he slows down. He should pass up Larry Johnson's, you know, um, uh, most carries in a season there for the Chiefs years ago. But what I trade him in fantasy football, I've thought about it both ways. And I think I'm just going to hold steady. I mean, he's the number one running back in all formats by a mile, you know, in PPR. I mean, like, that's the big concern. He can't st- he can't hang with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara in PPR. Well, all those guys are either ineffective or not on the same offense or they're beat up this year. And Derrick Henry has the most important quality, which is being available. And he doesn't miss games. And I don't want to jinx him, but that's huge, obviously, right? <laughs> I mean, if he gets yeah. injured, he gets injured. But if he stays healthy, you know, he does have the occasional 17 carries for 42 yards. It's unlikely, but he does have those occasionally. Most of the time, he's going to have a big run or a couple of touchdowns. And in fantasy football, that's absolutely massive. And I think what's going overlooked, again, because we're not used to it, is his passing work this year. Yep. It's only four or five catches a game, but four or five catches a game for 30, 40 additional yards for someone who never had that in his career is massive. That's six, seven, yeah. eight, nine points to somebody who already has 20, 25 point ceiling. So, no, I wouldn't. And this week in particular, I would not trade him. Uh, we'll go down the list Najee Harris, yeah. Zach Moss, Singletary, whatever, Austin Eckler, uh, James Robinson, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. All of those guys are on a buy. So who are you going to get that you can use this week? Now, if you're undefeated or you're five and one and you could get two of those running backs like Zeke Elliott and James Robinson or Dalvin Cook and James Robinson or Najee Harris and, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Austin Eckler or something like that for Derrick Henry, then sure, I would do that. But that's going to be an absolute haul, and I just don't know that you can. Yeah, and, and real quick, going back to his receiving work that he's seen. So here's his career uh, receptions every year, 13, 11, 15, 18, 19. This year already has 16 catches. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if he gets over, I mean, if he gets 40 receptions this year, right, in PPR, that's 40 points. But then you get the yardage. Yep. He's going to have a couple of receiving touchdowns overall, plus all of the rushing work. So I know we look, I'm 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 all about, you know, regressing to the mean, as they say. Right. But a guy like Derrick Henry just breaks the mold and I just don't see it happening. So I would ride the wave as long as you can. OK. That wraps up the Bills and the Titans. The Bills look huge favorite in this game. Titans come in, handle business. Massive win there for the Titans, 34-31. Let's go back to Sunday night football, Seahawks and Steelers. Steelers get the win, 23-20 in overtime. Of course, Russell Wilson out in this game. Chris Carson out in this game. Juju done for the season as well. Alex Collins, 20 for 101 and a touchdown. Najee Harris, 127. Seven catches and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, nine receptions. doesn't. Um, score a touchdown, but he does have 71 yards. And then you had a, a, a pretty decent game, I thought, from Big Ben as well. Um, but Alex Collins gets hurt at the end of this game. Rashad Penny is coming off of waivers. Dweez mentioned Rashad Penny 
last episode that he is somebody he's looking to get off the waivers here to get ahead of the curve. Um, is that somebody that you would be targeting as well? And, um, you know, there's rest of this offense. You're just going to have to ride the wave. DK is that guy for yeah. um, for Geno Smith, and Geno Smith is going to be in there for the next month or so. Yeah, I mean, DK is definitely that guy. I mean, it, and it makes sense, right? We, I, I think it was on the Sunday show that we talked about it, um, where uh, he's just the bigger wide receiver. He's, he's a bigger target for Geno, less chance of interceptions, and just, you know, uh, is, I think, the better uh, – Receiver in terms of uh, creating separation than Tyler Lockett outside of uh, Lockett's deep deep balls that he would always have with Russell Wilson. Um, so it makes sense that that DK is uh, going to be the guy for Geno. He's the hold right now. I mean, obviously in this game didn't put up like any record breaking names and still didn't you know kill your week for fantasy. Put up uh, eleven PPR. Um, but I mean, to me, Tyler Lockett's got to be pretty much on your bench. I mean, maybe not this this week with all the buys, if you are the guy that happens to have Diggs, Keenan Allen, and uh, who, who else have CD lamb, uh, you know, maybe in that case, you, you can't bench Tyler Lockett, but I mean, in most circumstances, you should be willing to, to bench Tyler Lockett um, until we see otherwise with Geno Smith um, on that same thread. I mean, Seattle, a has always wanted to, to run the ball. I mean, that's just the type of team that Pete Carroll's been trying to put together. Um, but even more so now with Geno Smith uh, at quarterback. Um, so, yeah, if if Carson and, and Collins are going to miss time, obviously with Penny coming off of the IR, uh, might want to be looking to scoop him up. The other option that you have out of the other two backs there, DJ Dallas or Travis Homer, I mean, Dallas was the one that was more involved in this game, had four carries and five targets. Um, so, you know, out of those two, if there's any setback with Penny, uh, would be targeting Dallas, DJ Dallas out of those two backs for Seattle. Um, obviously Steelers going into the bye this week. Uh, so not really much to watch for there. Maybe hopefully big Ben rests up and gets a little bit younger, but outside of that, uh, the only thing to look for here is uh, when the Steelers lost Juju, obviously the, the question is where are all these slot targets going to go? You know, the short targets, are they going to go to James Washington? Is he going to be fully healthy? Is Najee Harris going to benefit? He's already getting a lot of targets out of the backfield. Uh, tight end Pat Fire Firemuth Firemuth Fryer Firemuth. Anyway, uh, I think he was a Penn State boy, wasn't he? Or was he? Yes, Iowa? sir. Penn go. State. We are. Uh, anyway, uh, in this game, seven receptions on seven targets. Uh, really heavily involved um, in that offense. Obviously, a close game, so it's not like it was a, a blowout or anything like that. Where they're just seeing what they had in Pat. I mean. It, it was a close game. He was heavily involved in the offense. So moving forward, especially in a, um, in, a, in a position like the tight end where maybe you had Knox, maybe you're the Knox owner, and now he's out with the, indefinitely with a broken hand. Uh, Firemuth is probably uh, available uh, in your leagues um, and going into the bye week, obviously not someone that's going to be heavily targeted. So uh, A, keep him on the back burner for week eight, um, or if you do have the open roster slot um, or, you know, are, are comfortable with, holding him through the two weeks uh, certainly could add him if you need that, that tight end. I agree. And I, I think Fryermuth is, is going to be taking over for Ebron. Uh, Ebron's yeah. had trouble dropping the ball and Fryermuth's been big Ben's guy and he's nice in the red zone. And of course we're looking for that with our tight ends. All right, let's bring it back to early Sunday morning out in London town. The Jags get a big win here. Upset last minute field goal. Over the Dolphins, 23-20. Mike Kosicki, eight catches, 115. Jalen Waddell, 10 for 70 and two. James Robinson and Marvin Jones also have strong days. Each of them score. LaVisca Chenault, in my opinion, is droppable. We went crazy on him the first Sunday of the season. Everybody went nuts, and I kind of obliged because I wanted to be cool and didn't want to uh, make anyone sad, and it was against my better judgment the entire time. Sure enough, it backfired, and we haven't really seen it yet, so... I'm off that boat and have been for quite some time. Tua played quite well. They didn't get the win, but over 300 yards for Tua looked good in his first game back. I think he's going to be just fine moving forward. How do we feel about the Dolphins and Jags? Yeah, I mean, Dolphins, the running back room is is what's concerning. Outside of that, I mean, you're pretty okay with if you need to start. I mean, I'm not calling Jalen Waddle a, a tight end – or, a, sorry, a, a wide receiver one. I'm not calling – Mike Kosicki, uh, you know, the tight end one, but they're both very startable options in fantasy. Tua as well, especially against the right defense or depending on who you had drafted in your uh, 
in your draft and who your QB one was, uh, if you held uh, two or three the injury or had an IR slot, um, I'm comfortable starting pretty much any of those three options. The the question is going to be when Devonte Parker comes back uh, off of injury, like how you know does that potentially cut into Waddle? I don't think so. Um, two and Waddle obviously played together in college, so if you want to buy into that narrative, um, the only real concern there is the running back room. For the Jaguars, it's almost the opposite. You, you have James Robinson, who seems to now be the workhorse. Uh, Urban Meyer's leaning on him uh, now more. So the question for Jacksonville is, you know, who in the wide receiver room can you trust? It seems like Jones uh, is the one there, obviously, with Chark now out. Um, but LaVisca Chenault had 10 targets this game, 10 targets in this game, uh, which on par with, with what Marvin Jones saw. Season long, uh, Visca has a 19% target share. Uh, so that's obviously including the games that DJ Chark played. Now moving forward, you should see that uh, target share to increase over that 20% uh, threshold, which is really what you're looking for in a wide receiver uh, for fantasy, getting those you know 20 plus percentage percent of those targets in the offense. Um, so, I mean, moving forward, as long as Visca continues to be utilized like this, obviously the week just the week before he had three targets, one catch for 58 yards, which is a bit concerning. Um, but that was his first game, you know, fully without DJ Chark where they moved him out wide. Um, I think you started to see a little bit different usage in this game uh, where he was getting the, a little bit of slant routes usage from the slot still. So um, especially this week, again, with the buys, like you might be comfortable uh, starting unless uh, Jags are in that long buy list, but uh, you know, it's it's something to look for where in a pinch, Visca is going to be targeted and have the opportunity as opposed to, you know, let's say that you're in a pinch and relying on Terrace Marshall or, or Cedric Wilson. Like, obviously, I'd rather have Visca Chenault. Fair enough. You can get those requisite touches, as Bucky always talks about, but um, it's just not, I don't know, it's not exciting. I'm a, I'm a Marvin no. Jones guy. Let's move on here to the Bears and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers gets another one here. In Chicago, 24-14, Packers get the win. Khalil Herbert steps in for Damian Williams, who was out with COVID. And, of course, David Montgomery is still out there. 19 carries, eight, uh, 97 yards in the touchdown. Devontae Adams, just four catches and 89 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 195 and two touchdowns. He has a rushing one as well, which I'm sure you saw on the highlights here. Aaron Rodgers not putting up big passing numbers, but getting the touchdowns, still very efficient. Uh, if there's ever a buy low opportunity, it's on games like this from Devonte Adams. But good luck. Trust me, I try every single week. He's my he's my dude, as you can see behind me once again. But uh, it's it's very hard to attain Devonte Adams without giving up half of your roster. So how do you feel about the Bucker uh, Bucks? Excuse me, Bears and Packers. Yeah, uh, I mean Packers. I think there, there's really not much to watch for. I mean, like you said, you know who who they got. It, it is Adams. Rogers is fine. Like. Um, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. AJ Dillon was was pretty heavily involved two weeks ago. Um, not really so much this this week with a, a little bit of a closer game. Um, so I think for the most part you're you're set there. Um, but for the Bears, obviously for the next week, uh, you now have the well. What happens with uh, Herbert and uh, Damian Williams if Damian Williams comes back off the COVID list? Um, you know, is it going to be a split? Is it going to be right back to Damian Williams? So. We look back to last week when they played Las Vegas. Uh, Herbert did have 18 carries to, to Damian Williams, only 16 carries. So it seemed like a, a, a pretty, you know, 50-50 split. Um, but obviously the, the game script was in Herbert's favor. It was a blowout early. Um, and Herbert was getting a lot of the work late as opposed to Damian Williams, who got a lot of the, the early game work. Um, so Herbert now obviously has, has proven capable to carry that role uh, in this week with almost 100 yards and a touchdown against Green Bay. Um, so that's something that to keep looking at moving forward as uh, Montgomery still continues to miss time is how is this backfield going to look with both Herbert and Williams, uh, you know, when they're both healthy. On mute, my bad. Uh, still all in on the Packers. You get these subpar yeah. games for fantasy, but they are they're still dominant. All right, let's move on to the Bengals and the Lions here. The Bengals get the win 34-11. This one was close for a second, but the Bengals pulled ahead here. Joe Burrow, 271 and three touchdowns, mixing 158 total yards and a touchdown. He was, though, my trade-away candidate this week. I went into that in depth on yesterday's podcast. If you'd like to hear more about why I would trade away Joe Mixon, then please go dial it back one episode for that. Jamar Chase, 
97 yards, Lions offense, not looking good. Swift does score late, but um, I'm not a Swift guy. I was I was out on like five or six running backs this year, didn't draft any of them in the middle rounds, and I'm I'm five for six. The only guy that's kind of, you know, put it back on my face so far has been DeAndre Swift, but I still wouldn't necessarily want him on my roster. I know he's performing, but it's not pretty, and he does scamper in late. Uh, but I don't want to count on that. And then TJ Hawkinson finally wakes up here with 11 targets. Can we count on that moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was when we did the Thursday show last week, TJ Hawkinson was uh, my start of the week at the tight end position. And and this is exactly why that this Lions offense, whether they struggle or not, is is going to rely on uh, apparently TJ Hawkinson and, and DeAndre Swift, especially with all the wide receiver injuries that they had, right? I mean, their leading receiver in this game outside of Hawkinson in terms of target, I think, was uh, Khalif Raymond, right? So moving forward, especially as long as uh, Quintus Cephas, Tyrell Williams, all of them are still uh, continue to be out or uh, non-factors, I think you can rely on TJ Hawkinson moving forward. Um, just from a, a pure volume standpoint, right? Um, you, I mean, your other options at this point, it's not like you're drafting and you're saying, hey, should I pick TJ Hawkinson in the fifth or should I wait and get Gronkowski late? Like Gronkowski's drafted. Like you can't, you probably don't have both. Uh, if you do when Gronkowski's back, like that's a, a start set you'll have to make. But for right now, I mean, your other options outside of Hawkinson, if you drafted him, aren't, aren't great on the waiver wire. Um, so, I mean, maybe Pat, uh, Pat Firemuth. But uh, I, I'm, I'm fine uh, moving forward with Hawkinson. Um, th- I think the one you know takeaway from this game was, uh, I know you aren't a Swift fan, but you are a Jamal Williams fan. Four carries, two targets this week. Obviously, going back last week, had 13 carries and two targets. Two weeks back, had 12 carries and two targets. Both of those games, obviously, much closer. Um, you know, Do you consider at all Jamal Williams to be a game script dependent back, or are you just calling this a, a down week and moving forward with confidence? Both, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, somewhat game script, but, you know, uh, I, I just don't think they want Swift to take a full load. Um, and Anthony Lynn has, has kind of always had at least a, a 1B option, and that's Jamal Williams. And honestly, Jamal Williams has played quite well. When he's had his opportunities, it's just obviously clearly Swift, who has more of the opportunity, has scored more. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'll throw in the towel a little bit on Swift, you know, uh, being a bust this season because he came back much healthier than I thought he was going to. That was basically it. I love the kid's talent. I didn't think he would be healthy. He is, and obviously it's worked out. But I'm not backing down from Jamal Williams or Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Both of these guys I still think are quality players that need more opportunity. And when they get it, they they produce well. They're just not getting the opportunity. So I'm I'm still in on Jamal Williams, and uh, he's on pretty much all of my rosters. So if Chase or excuse me, if Swift were to go down, I do think Jamal Williams would do every bit of what Swift is doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jamal Williams has proven to be in Green Bay. He was that that pass catching back. Um, and that's you know, obviously one of Swift's main uh key uh positives of in a PPR league is that he is a, a pass catching back and gets a lot of targets. Um, the other thing to look for here in the, in the Bengals game, moving over to the Bengals side of this game, uh, 53% run plays this game, which, you know, obviously makes sense. They rely on Joe Mixon, um, but also given the score, like running, running late. Um, but 12 of tw- uh, 12 of the 29 targets went to either Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon. Uh, not a lot of involvement from A.T. Higgins, uh, but also Tyler Boyd being, you know, the, the wide receiver three in Cincinnati. Uh, we obviously were, were hoping for a lot more from Tyler Boyd from what we're seeing so far. He had the one uh, breakout game almost, or I guess now I could almost call it a blip game. Um, we had like 11 catches for 119 or something like that. Um, moving forward, I mean, just something to watch in terms of like where these targets start to go in Cincinnati. Um, if they're still just funneled through Chase and, and Mixon, it's, it might be time to move on from Boyd. Yep, C.J. Ozama, also a streaming tight end if you're missing out on a bunch of these guys this week as yep. well. Touchdown or bust, but that's all you're looking for for streaming tight end. Yep. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Tyler Boyd, man, is just not reliable when all three of these wide receivers are healthy. It's great for NFL terms, but for fantasy, yep. not so much. And, unfortunately, my boy T. Higgy also taking a back seat here to uh, Jamar Chase. Let's move on here to the Texans and the Colts. The Colts – Run it up here, 31-3. This one wasn't close. Jonathan Taylor, 14 carries, 145 yards, 83-yard rush. 
in this one, longest of his career, two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, nine receptions for 89 yards. We said this on Sunday. We said it on Thursday last week. Brandon Cooks is a great wide receiver three, wide receiver two if you need him. He's not going to win you weeks, but he's not going to lose you weeks. He went up against Bill Belichick, who destroys rookie quarterbacks and takes away the number one option. That is Brandon Cook's one down game. I expected this bounce back. Here it is. He is somebody I'm looking to go get. And I still don't think people want him on the team because he's on the Texans. So if you need a bye week filler this week, Brandon Cooks might be a cheap option that you can go scoop up this week and still use the rest of the season here. T.Y. Hilton did come back and play a little bit, but kind of re-injured again. How do you feel about the Colts and Texans game? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, this is almost like a, you know, such a blowout that it's it's kind of a throw. I mean, you hit on on Brandon Cooks being a reliable, almost what we uh, expected out of uh, Allen Robinson this year. Uh, always being, you know, non-quarterback uh, dependent. But uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor was, was my RB start of the week. Uh, didn't look great in the first half in terms of, of usage. Uh, but ends up with with a big game as well. Um, in terms of, of any deeper leagues, or you mentioned a potentially a tight end streamer, um, or you know filling in for bye weeks. Um, but both Nico Collins and Jordan Aikens of the Houston Texan, Texans had six targets this game. So when you think about okay, outside of Brandon Cooks, who can you really rely on or even use at all in terms of fantasy uh, from this Houston Texans offense? If you're in a deeper league or you want to take a shot and, and prayer at the tight end position, uh, might look towards Nico Collins or Jordan Aikens. Uh, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton injured again. Um, also, Paris Campbell might be out for the rest of the season now. Um, so Michael Pittman had a down game. Uh, obviously, he's been Carson Wentz's number one receiver, has been on the close uh, for pretty much with the exception of like week one, where he had a similar output to uh, what he did last week against Houston. Um, so moving forward, especially if T.Y. Hilton is out, uh, I'm looking to uh, potentially buy low on this uh, off week from Michael Pittman. But obviously, you know, just with the injury news and everything, it, it might be tough to get him. Quite impressive game once again from Carson Wentz as well. He's playing really yeah. well recently. The last couple of games uh, blew up, honestly, over 400 against uh, the Ravens uh, last week. And then this week. Again, plays quite well also. So a nice streaming quarterback in single quarterback leagues. And uh, nice if you grabbed him at the end of your drafts for Superflex. Yeah, I wasn't right, give him credit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, no bitterness on the show. I like that. Uh, Rams and Giants here. Rams, another big blowout here. Again, a uh, number of blowouts in the week. We got three in a row here in the Chiefs and the Washington football team coming up next. Rams and Giants, 38-11. Rams are the big one here in Stafford, 251-4. and four. Touchdowns, two of those going to Cooper Cup, nine catches, 130. People were like almost nervous when Robert Woods finally showed up last week and we're like, Cooper Cup, uh oh. Guess what? I would, uh, <laughs> you're just fine with Cooper Cup. Um, Robert Woods comes back down to earth, but still involved. I like to see that. Henderson over 100 total yards, two touchdowns. Kadarius Tony broke out a couple weeks ago, comes into this game, had a nice first quarter, gets injured out for the rest of this game. My man, Dante Pettis. All right. Now, a lot of people don't remember Dante Pettis anymore because he's been out of the NFL pretty much for the last couple of seasons. I want to give a shout out to Dante Pettis because he was one of the first ones to make the colored hair that Juju and DK are trying to do now. He made it cool at UW, Washington University, up the street from me right here in uh, Seattle. And he was uh, drafted by the 49ers as a kick returner, got put in the doghouse immediately. Didn't really have a chance in San Francisco. They let him go. And then he ends up on the Giants here. 11 targets. For Dante Pettis. So if Tony is out, Galladay's hurt, Shepard's back, but oft injured. You have um, uh, Slayton, who's in and out, Evan Ingram, who we can't count on, Saquon's out still. Is Dante Pettis actually somebody we might be picking up with all these other wide receivers on a bye this week? Yeah, I mean, this. I think this is the perfect week to pick him up because, because of exactly what you mentioned. There's so many teams that are on a bye. And with the current state of the New York Giants roster, he's looks to be involved. I mean, 11 targets is nothing to, to like, that is a good involvement in this, in this offense. Now, obviously they, they were down early and often or, or by a lot. So they were passing a lot. And without Saquon, there's, you know, you're not really going to run the ball with Devonte Booker. If you're, if you're down, you're going to be throwing. Um, but I mean, 11 targets, is 11 targets. I think he uh, actually led the team in targets. If not, he was right behind Sterling Shepard. Um, but, I mean, you mentioned when he got drafted by the, the 49ers, but he, he was drafted in the second round. Like, it, 
It's not like this guy was a sixth round late draft pick. Dude was he was amazing as a uh, a wide receiver, but also a kick yeah. returner, punt returner at Washington. Like the kid was great, and Shanahan just didn't didn't feel it, I guess, and yeah. he never got a chance in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely years. I remember years of fantasy. I mean, we're we're talking four or five years ago where he was considered a, a good sleeper pick where you could get him on cheap and he was a second round pick that could break out in this in the San Francisco offense. And uh, you know, obviously does this week with eleven targets in, in New York. So definitely a guy to, to keep uh your radar on. He's probably gonna be a cheap option uh in fab, or if you do a waiver priority, um, you know, might be someone that you can even wait past the waiver priority to pick him up as a free agent. Um, and not use your priority uh, on him. But uh, career, I mean, for his career, 15 yards per target. Uh, so pretty solid there. Um, moving over to, to the Los Angeles side of this, um, I mean, Daryl Henderson, you mentioned his stat line, but currently the RB 12 and half point PPR. And that includes the time that he missed with his rib injury. Yeah. Um, so right now is currently returning that RB1 value. Um, so Looking forward, uh, you know, this is the time where you're starting to see all these running backs go down. Chubb, Hunt, uh, McCaffrey now to the IR. Um, and this is where you look to, is this now the time where you try to pick up or trade for Sony Michelle um, as your handcuff if you are the Daryl Henderson owner? Um, you know, he's currently been getting like 31 or 38% of all running back opportunities, so carries and targets. Um, and that's with Henderson, you know, fully involved. Once Henderson, sorry, not once, if I have Henderson on too many teams to say once he goes down. If Henderson goes <laughs> down, uh, if Henderson goes down, it's it's Sony Michelle and Jake Funk, unless they, you know, bring in someone else. But, you know, it's going to be Sony's job. And right now he's getting 38% of total opportunities, 31% of, of red zone running back opportunities. Um, and is right now like RB like 50 in half point PPR. So, He's he's doing well with the opportunities that he has. I think he has like a 3.8 yards per carry or something like that. So in an offense like the Rams, if he's the only running back option, that's someone you want. Um, and obviously if you're the, the Henderson owner, you're going to be without your running back uh, if he does go down. So a good handcuff target there. I agree. And again, we were all over Cam Akers and, you know, Henderson was my breakout in the NFC West when we did our preseason divisional breakdowns of course that was literally one day before Cam Akers went down and once he went down then Henderson of course became the main man but I've been I've been in on the Henderson train but wasn't able to draft him much because he went from like the 14th round to like the fifth in two days and there were just so many other guys that I I wanted to count on there that I just didn't draft him very often but looking good all right we got one more game here to preview or to recap I should say and then we're going to get a quick shout out to our sponsor but I want to take a second to give a shout out here to our uh, chat room Beach coming in hot of course he's got a question for us Uh, Beach we're going to get to you in just a little bit let me do this last game and then um, we'll do a read, and then I'll throw it um, throw it over to Jordan to answer your question on quarterbacks. But I do see you there. And Self Tanksley coming in from Facebook. I appreciate you tuning in as well. Anybody tuning in live, feel free to drop in any questions. If you have some trade questions or maybe you have some last-minute waiver asks, uh, I did a full episode on that yesterday, but if you didn't catch it or you got a new ask, feel free to drop somebody in who you're looking for, and uh, we're, we're more than happy to help you out on the waiver wire if that is rolling for you tonight and of course you catch us on sunday morning and you guys are always involved there but we'll catch you on sunday as well so shouts out to the chat room thank you guys for tuning in all right let's do uh, one more game here and then we'll give a shout out to our new sponsor care factor we got the chiefs and the washington football team this game was quintessential old school chiefs and i wonder if we have turned the corner now with the chiefs who have been frankly quite frustrating um, for fantasy and kind of like you kind of look at them like you know cockeyed a little bit um, in the NFL terms, they were up 13-3, Washington football team was, in the first half. And all of a sudden, it <laughs> just like whoop, flip the script, touchdown, touchdown, stop, touchdown, stop, it, turnover, touchdown, boom, 31-13. They just absolutely obliterated with four unanswered touchdowns here. Mahomes, 397 and two touchdowns, does have two picks, but we're not really worried about that in fantasy football. Uh, Darrell Williams, 21 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns, filling in very well for CEH. And I wonder if this is a problem for CEH coming back. I want to talk to you about that a little bit. Um, Tyree Kill has a big game in this one. 
big catch anyway, and a touchdown. And then Kelsey, eight catches, 99 yards. So he gets back to form. Um, you don't stress with the Chiefs. You might have a, a human game every once in a while. But let's talk about the running back core here specifically um, for the Chiefs, Darrell Williams and CEH coming back. On the other side, uh, we expect the Heineke to have a better game. Um, nice first quarter, but Terry McLaurin got shut down, and he's a little bit beat up. And then you have Antonio Gibson, who re-aggravates a shin injury. Then he comes up with a calf injury. I'm worried about Gibson, straight up. Um, that's a problem, and then we'll see what happens with Miss McKissick there. But Ricky Seals-Jones is really the, yeah. the, the one you want for the Washington football team. So let's talk about the Chiefs running backs first and then get to the Washington football team. Do you think that Darrell Williams is here to stay, who's played quite well uh, yeah. when given the opportunity? And are you worried at all if you're a CEH manager? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit worried. I uh, saw a tweet the other day and uh, just looking at, you know, what Darrell Williams did this week against the Washington defense. Uh, I mean, this is, I think, the best fantasy output. Like this, this would have been a career high in fantasy output for CEH, but it was Darrell Williams. <laughs> uh, obviously, he does have the two touchdowns, but, uh, I mean, when a guy comes in and, and performs like that, it, it's kind of hard for you to not, you know, just to completely take him off once uh, CEH does come back. Obviously, Darrell's also going to have more weeks here coming to further prove that, and we can obviously wait and see um, how he continues to to perform. Uh, hopefully, no injuries as well to him. But um, I mean, Andy Reid has also been a guy that's that's used the multiple running backs uh, in an offense before, even back in his Philadelphia days. Um, so I don't think he's afraid to use them both. I'm sure that he will. Um, if I'm a CEH uh owner i mean maybe you try to move him before he before you find out that he's uh in a split backfield and, and in a by by a committee um but the other running back room obviously with gibson injury the gibson injury that you mentioned mckissick uh is probably already rostered in your league i mean i wouldn't really necessarily want to trade for him um obviously he gets a lot of targets but has never really been a uh you know a lead back per se um, your other option, uh, from that Washington, uh, running back room is, is Jarrett Patterson, the rookie, um, rostered in only 1% of fantasy, uh, of ESPN fantasy leagues, 4% on sleeper, uh, redraft leagues. So obviously, uh, not very owned again, similar to Dante Pettis is going to be a guy that you probably don't have to spend fab on. You can enter a $0 bid and just wait and see, um, you know, just depending on what your other running back options are on the waiver wire, it's. It's bleak out there. <laughs> Years ago, you had Jamal Charles um, stepping up, and I was saying that I'm I'm nervous if I'm a, a CEH manager. I'm looking to acquire Darrell Henderson or move off of CEH. Yeah. And the reason is Andy Reid is obviously going to you know play the best asset, but yeah. one thing CEH isn't going to do is run people over and be a strong <sighs> presence in the middle. He's not. He's not that kind of running back. Darrell Henderson – or Darrell Williams, excuse me, is – Years ago, they had Jamal Charles and then Spencer Ware, who had a very yeah. short career, unfortunately, due to injuries. Dude was awesome when he got his opportunities, right? And then Kareem Hunt comes in. Spencer Ware was still uh, that guy, right, when Kareem Hunt went down. So um, I just wouldn't put it past Andy Reid to straight up just play Darrell Henderson more often because he's playing well. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a finesse, right? They have like a run-up score, that fancy uh, Mahomes, big plays, whatever. They don't have a power presence. And I think that's what the Bills have that they don't – the Titans obviously have. And, and I just think the Chiefs are going to have to have that moving forward. Okay, before we get into the second half here, I do want to take a pause and give a quick shout-out to our new sponsor at Carefactor. Jordan and I will be right back after this commercial break. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, 
The Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, y'all. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here. If you're coming in late, this is Jordan Sky of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode 477, breaking down the week six action, recapping all the games and looking ahead to week seven. We got a bunch of questions coming in here. Uh, Beach is blowing us up with all sorts of questions. I want to get to you real quick. And um, let's do that, Jordan, before we proceed on the rest of these games here. First and foremost, let's pick a quarterback here. Wentz, Ryan, Bridgewater, and Winston. Uh, Ryan and Winston coming off of the bye there. Uh, Carson Wentz going up against my 49ers. Jameis Winston going up against Seattle on Monday Night Football. Teddy Bridgewater going up against a beat-up Browns secondary. And then you have Matt Ryan going up against Miami. Which quarterback do you prefer in this one? Yeah, for me, it's going to be Matt Ryan here. Um, Going up against Miami, I mean, there's a reason why this week that uh, Trevor Lawrence was my uh, streaming QB option. Uh, going up against Miami, obviously didn't have the best game. A lot of uh, James Robinson there, but uh, with Matt Ryan, I mean Atlanta's you know passed a lot. They they, they don't run the ball too much, um, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley coming back off of his uh, you know dealing with the personal issue last week, not traveling to London for their game. Um, Pitts obviously, and you know just having the whole team coming back off of the bye. Um, having an extra week to prepare for Miami, Miami having to, to travel back from London. Uh, so I, for all those reasons, uh, and, you know, cherry on top, Matt Ryan also uh, went to the same high school as I did. So, Boom. yeah, it's, Pick it's got to be Matt Ryan. Yeah, that seems easy then. <laughs> I'm going to go with Matt Ryan as well. Another quick one, J.D. McKissick or Michael Carter has no Chubb or Hunt. Other running backs are Elijah Mitchell and Alex Collins. So J.D. McKissick, Michael Carter, for me, it's McKissick easy. Yeah, out of those two, I think it would be McKissick as well. Um, if you can start Alex Collins and he's um, he's available, I think he's beat up, Saints. and I don't want to yeah. against the Saints anyway. I mean, over McKissick though. Who's McKissick play? Who they got? Well, McKissick, Green Bay, oh, Green, Bay. And, Green Bay, yeah. And and first of all, it's going to be a throwing game script. Secondly, yeah. um, if you know G- or, uh, Gibson's not one hundred percent, then it's going to be. Gibson anyway maybe Patterson right but he's a rookie we'll see and I don't know I just feel like Gibson's probably that guy all right let's move on here back to our game recaps Vikings and Panthers Vikings get the win 34 28 they always make it close somehow Cousins 373 and three touchdowns Dalvin Cook 29 carries 140 yards and a touchdown started slow but blew up later and Adam Thielen our old buddy is back in the place 11 catches 126 and a touchdown here for the Panthers of course we're still without Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard does okay. We have four touchdowns here in this game here, but Sam Darnold, not as exciting as I wanted him to be, and he was for the first three games of the season here. So how do we feel about the Vikings and Panthers? Yeah, I mean, for the Vikings side of this, I mean, it's pretty much what you have come to expect of this uh, this offense. Kirk Cousins uh, doing well. Dalvin Cook absolutely had a great game. And then your Thielen and Jefferson, it's going to come down to, like, you know, Pretty much who has the who has the touchdown? It seems uh, in terms of who's going to outproduce the the other on that week, um, but for the most part, they're both obviously heavily involved in the offense. Uh, Thielen's been a Kirk Cousin target uh, favorite in the red zone, so not worried about any of those options. Also, Tyler Conklin in this game, in terms of uh, you know being a fantasy relevant tight end, I think went like for four for seventy or so, mm-hmm. um, something like that. So another solid tight end option there. Um, on an offense that should see a lot of red zone depending on on the matchup. But uh, moving over to the Carolina side of the game, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey now to the IR. Carolina's 0-3 without Christian McCaffrey in their lineup. I mean, it makes sense when your best player misses, you're probably more likely to lose. Um, but in terms of like the fantasy impact, I think you would expect, obviously, Chuba Hubbard is gets the bump. But outside of that, it seems like everyone else seems to have been less productive with CMC out of the lineup, um, DJ Moore included. Um, but I, I, I can't even believe I wrote this in, in our doc, but Robbie Anderson got 11 targets. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's so many buys this week. 
if if you need Robbie Anderson, he's going to get a lot of targets. If he's going to drop them, maybe, I mean, maybe, but you do have the option of him scoring a touchdown or at him at least, you know, he pulls in half his targets. That's five targets. Say it's, you know, 40, 50 yards. Like that's a, an okay fancy day. He shouldn't, shouldn't <laughs> lose you the week, mm-hmm. but he does have the opportunity uh, to put up a, a, a very usable fantasy week. Absolutely. And unfortunately, he's had a lot of opportunity, especially early on, but it hasn't quite happened. And when you are missing Christian McCaffrey, they can hone in on the passing game. And Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a great athlete, better athlete than Mike Davis. But what Mike Davis brought was a true running opportunity, which they just don't have right now, unfortunately. So the uh, Panthers are definitely hurting. What up, Hex? I see you in the mix here. We're going to get to your questions here in just a little bit. All right, Chargers and Ravens. This was a really entertaining game for a little bit. And then, surprisingly, the uh, Ravens just ran the Chargers here, 34-6. to Herbert and all the Chargers struggled on offense. Mike Williams hurt again. He caught like a 50-yard bomb down on the one-yard line, hurt himself. I think he'll be fine moving forward. They have the bye this week, so hopefully he comes back. But it was a tough game for him, Eckler, Allen as well. Buy low on all those guys. They're all on bye week, so you can buy low on the performance and a bye week. So if you know you want any chargers, which I do, now would be the time to do that. Mark Andrews, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, two picks, has a touchdown, rushed for 51 yards, on pace for 5,000-plus yards here. He has more passing yards right now than Lamar – or excuse me, than Patrick Mahomes. Richard Bateman finally makes uh, an opportunity here, six targets. You like to see that. So um, the Ravens are firing all cylinders, man. They started a little bit slow. They're picking up on defense. Obviously, they're great on offense. I'm not worried about the Chargers long-term. They get to buy. They make things right here. I think this is a throwaway game for the Chargers, but the Ravens are for real. And Lamar Jackson, believe it or not, is a throwing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, throwing two interceptions, but no, I'm kidding. He is. He actually is a good throwing quarterback. I mean, we saw this, uh, was it uh, one week ago or two weeks ago in that Colts game? I mean, just absolutely filled up the stat line uh, in, the, in the passing side. Um, but – for for this Ravens offense, I mean, really, what's extremely unfortunate is their running back room. Now Latavius Murray uh, gets injured during this game, um, but even with him not injured, like they they scored three the running backs three rush touchdowns. If you told me that the Ravens running back room had three rush touchdowns, I absolutely would have been starting Latavius Murray everywhere I had him. The problem is one went to Murray, one went to Freeman, and one went to Le'Veon Bell. Like <laughs> I. Moving forward, I don't know what to do with this running back room. Obviously, if Latavius Murray's ever out and misses a game, it's going to be, it, it seems to be uh, Freeman, Devonta Freeman, that would be the guy there. Um, but with any of them, or with all three of them still involved, I don't know if any of them are really a reliable start outside of a you know very good matchup where I'll, I'll play Latavius Murray. Um, you know, similar to this game where he's not going to hurt you, he's not going to lose you the week, but obviously has the upside of potentially getting two or three of those rush touchdowns, um, depending on how it goes through the through the running back room. You mentioned Bateman him making the debate the, his debut. Um, moving forward, want to look for him to continue to be involved. If he's still available, I'd pick him up. Uh, you know, this week had those six targets, same amount as Andrews was actually ahead of Hollywood Brown in this game in terms of targets. So. You've seen what what Hollywood's done in the past. Has had uh, a couple drops in the end zone too. So I'm not saying that you know Hollywood's a, a bad receiving option, but if you look at the production and, and fancy points that Hollywood's had in the past, and you take into consideration the potential uh, touchdowns he could have had on top of that with some drops, there's plenty to go around in terms of uh, Bateman being involved as well with uh, you know a depleted running back room in Baltimore where. They should be passing more. First time in NFL history that three running backs who have rushed for 1,000 yards in the season have each scored a touchdown in the same game with uh, Freeman Murray and Le'Veon Bell there for the Ravens. All right, let's move on here to the Cardinals and the Browns. Man, the Browns are really hurting, uh, literally. Um, yeah. This is This is really tough. Uh, Nick Chubb goes, you know, doesn't play in this game. Kareem Hunt goes down at the end of this game with a, um, you know, Achilles calf situation. He's been placed on IR. He's going to be out at least three weeks, probably more than that. Unfortunately, Nick Chubb ruled out already for Thursday night football. He'll be out as well. We're looking at Demetric Felton 
and uh, Dearness Johnson potentially waiver wire picks up. We talked about them on Monday. Dial it back an episode if you want to hear about them. Donovan Peoples Jones, four receptions, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. He had a great second half of the season last year as well when Odell went down. So don't sleep on DPJ. I think uh, Baker likes him. Baker has an, a completely torn labrum. So we'll see if he actually plays. If not, it's Case Keenum. They're missing offensive tackles. Their defense is beat up. <laughs> the Browns are in tough shape. Uh, New Hopkins scores twice in this game. James Conner. Uh, look, man, he's not going away. And I know Chase Edmonds people love Chase Edmonds, but I've been repping James Conner all season kind of like this dude was good. He got injured, and he kind of faded out in, in, in Pittsburgh. He's not an RB1, but he is a guy that scores touchdowns. They like that, the Kenyon Drake role. I went over that in the summer. Very efficient for Kenyon Drake last year, and now it's James Conner. I love it. Um, how do we feel about the, the Browns mainly here, man? But this is a tough one. The, uh, Cardinals get the win 37, 14 remain undefeated. Um, but these are two teams heading in two different directions. Yeah, absolutely. Two different directions. I mean, the Browns, especially for fantasy, the Browns, I, I, outside of like Nick Chubb and hopefully Kareem Hunt comes back this season. Like, obviously you're going to play them once fully healthy, but I mean, outside of them, uh, Baker looks like he's going to try to play through this injury the full season, which sounds painful. Uh, but, I mean, it, it seems to be the route that he wants to go, which if Baker's playing injured, like he's he's not Pat Mahomes to start with. And now he's injured. I don't feel great about whether it is Donovan Peoples-Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Hooper, Njoku, like Richard Higgins. Like I don't feel great about any of those past catching options uh, in Cleveland with, with a hurt Baker. Um, and definitely not while they don't have a full running back room in, in Chubb and Hunt. Um, they also now have looking forward to the next week, the short turnaround into Thursday night football. Um, so don't even have the full, the full week of rest, uh, which is just another. Uh, and Denver has a great defense straight. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh, and probably looking to bounce back after that, uh, that, that loss to Las Vegas. So Browns don't look good, especially for week seven. Um, the Arizona side of the ball. I mean, you mentioned the, the Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I mean, I think Edmonds was was a little hurt coming into this game. Uh, was kind of questionable. Did, obviously, did play, um, but I think this game just got out of hand early and, and didn't need to use him. Didn't want to use him. He only had four carries to, to James Conner's sixteen. Um, not too worried moving forward. If if uh, Edmonds is fully healthy, I've, I think you know prior to this week he was like the RB twelve. Um, in PPR formats without ever scoring a touchdown as well. So, uh, but, you know, kind of similar to our, our conversation earlier with um, Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, James Conner is already involved. And so is going to be able to put up fantasy points on a week to week basis, at least at a floor level, he might not have the ceiling, but um, as either a Chase Edmonds handcuff or a standalone value uh, with potential upside, if, if Edmonds were to go down, he already does have some injury issues uh, is a good target for sure. Muted again, uh, Sky. We just have another uh, question here from Beach. Do we start the Arizona DST or Denver DST? Uh, Denver versus Cleveland on a short week without both of their starting running backs, pro- maybe without Odell Beckham, and probably without Baker Mayfield, I think. I'm going Denver for sure. Uh, it was Denver or who's the – Arizona. <sighs> Arizona against Houston. I mean, Arizona with, with JJ Watt, I mean, going up against Davis Mills, I don't think either is a bad option. Um, I would lead in Arizona just because, I mean, look at what that Houston offense did. I mean, the Colts just shut them down. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. I mean, you could go with either one of them. I'm just going to yeah. take the, uh, take the injuries there. Okay. Let's move on here. We got two more games to recap here. We'll go with the Raiders and those Broncos Raiders get the big win. Emotional win. Of course, all the John Gruden stuff. Um, I thought they were going to come out flat. To their credit, they did not. They beat, a, uh, I think, a better team in in uh, at least a better defense in the Broncos, but they get the win 34-24. Kenyon Drake, 73 total yards and two touchdowns. I've done enough of Kenyon Drake's better than Josh Jacobs. I'll save it. Um, Derek Carr, 341 and two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, three catches, but 97 yards and a touchdown. He's a big play. Sutton and Fant each go over 90 yards and have a touchdown each. How do you feel about the Raiders and Broncos? Yeah, um, I mean, for the Broncos side, obviously the the thing to look for moving forward is Jerry Judy, right? He has now entered the 21-day practice window to return um, from the IR. 
Uh, so need to keep an eye on that. Obviously, they're they're playing the Thursday night game, um, so they do have the short turnaround. It, it seems uh, Vic Vangio came out and said the exact quote was, "I think there's a I think the chances of him playing are less than fifty percent right now." Thanks, Vic. Is that forty nine or is that zero? No idea, <laughs> but uh, I think it's closer to zero. Um, so I wouldn't expect uh, Jerry Judy to be there this week. So you can continue to start with confidence, Sutton uh, and Fant. Um, but moving forward, like how does Jerry Judy come back? How does he look? He looked great week one and seemed to be the one over Sutton. Um, but obviously now Sutton has had had some great weeks here uh, in his absence. Um, for the Raiders, uh, I mean, the thing for me is looking at Darren Waller, excluding week one where he had 19 targets, 10 receptions, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown. You take out that week one. So last five weeks, Waller is the tight end nine. Mm-hmm. In, in PPR formats, tight end 10 and standard. Um, I mean, really not what you were looking for when you drafted Darren Waller and also not, um, you know, th- there's streaming tight ends that put a, put up top five tight end weeks or top, top six, you know, tight end weeks just based on they score touchdowns, right? Look at Ricky Seals Jones this week against Kansas city. Um, but obviously Waller is, is Darren Waller. If you, it's maybe a buy low. There's obviously going to be a lot of frustration with the, with the Darren Waller owner these last five weeks. I, I am one of those Darren Waller owners that's been frustrated, but the problem is what's the value that you can get. A lot of people are hung up on that name of Darren Waller. So you might still have to pay up a lot that I don't know if you're going to be willing to give up for Darren Waller, but uh, if you can get a value for him, he'd be a, a buy low target for me given these last five weeks. I agree. I agree. And again, any tight end that's going to give you the upside. We had to wait on Hawkinson. He was he was frustrating for three, four weeks. People were talking about dropping him in 10 team leagues and selling him for whatever you can get. 11 targets. Boom. Mark Andrews hadn't done anything all season long. Comes out massive game uh, the other night with career highs, right? 11 catches, 149 and two, I think, with a couple of two point conversions as well. So I agree there. All right. Last game. And then we'll get to your quick questions to end up. Cowboys and Patriots here. Uh, this one's thrilling, and frankly, the the Patriots had opportunities to win this game. I thought the Cowboys would blow them out, but sure enough, Bill does work here at home. And uh, shout out to Mac Jones, man. This kid's definitely the truth. 35-29, Cowboys get the win here. Dak goes for 445 and three touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, the number one wide receiver in Dallas, nine catches, 149 and two touchdowns. Amari Cooper, did play in this game, believe it or not, but a dud for him, unfortunately. Damian Harris, 18 carries, 101, and a touchdown. He remains a bit beat up, but did play in this one. Diggs on defense has another interception. Uh, Stephon Diggs and uh, his brother um, for the Cowboys each have two receiving touchdowns or two touchdowns on the year this year. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Zeke's going to be just fine again. The uh, Cowboys on a bye here and uh, Patriots moving on. So how do we feel about these two squads? Yeah, uh, looking forward to week seven. And the, the one thing that we wanted to look at, especially when James White went down, is Brennan Bolton had that one game where he seemed to be the receiving back. Um, obviously, Damian Harris is going to be the primary back as long as he's healthy in terms of rush, uh, rushing attempts and carries. But Ramon J. Stevenson finally saw a little bit of involvement from him in this offense, uh, more than Brandon Bolden this week. Uh, had three targets, including a 22-yard catch. Obviously, it's not just these, you know, you think of James White and how he's been involved in that New England pass defense. It's been mostly checkdowns and dump-offs. Um, but Ramondre gets a 22-yard catch in this game. Uh, so good to see that. Also had five carries, uh, one of them a, a goal-line carry. Or not goal-line, but, uh, you know, obviously a close to the end zone carry. So getting high-value opportunities as well uh, would be a good stash, um, you know, in deeper leagues. Um, or again, we're seeing a lot of running back injuries. So if uh, Damian Harris were to go down, I think it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson getting the carries out of that backfield rather than uh, Brandon Bolden, obviously. Um, and then the other thing for the Patriots offense, I mean, can we get Jacoby Myers a, a touchdown? This mm. dude is the wide receiver 34. He had one that was called back. <laughs> I know, I know. But this dude is the wide receiver 34 in PPR formats without a touchdown this season. Let's put on top of that the emotional toll. This man has been in the NFL for years and has never scored a receiving touchdown mm-hmm. in his career. He's thrown for two. I just want to get him one touchdown. That's all. Just, <laughs> just one. I love it, man. Um, Hunter Henry is somebody that I want to keep on the on the uh, radar here. Um, good games the last couple of games, and uh, they obviously have J- Jono there as well, but um, Hunter Henry seems to be 
the 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 main target there. All right, that wraps up our game previews. Before we get out of here, we did have one last question here, um, and I wanted to uh, get to it, and it's from Hex coming in from YouTube. Where are you, Hex? Let me get your question. Sorry, brother. All right, there we go. Boom. I was just offered Taylor and Aaron Jones. I did clarify here. Taylor and Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones for Derrick Henry. Um, the format doesn't matter here. Would you make this trade? We talked about trading Derrick Henry earlier and whatever. Would you make this trade? I will preface this with Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones each have their bye week in week 13. Jonathan Taylor has it in week 14. So I just want to throw this out there, Hex. If you do this, you are canceling out the Derrick Henry bye week with Aaron Jones, who is also going to have the bye week. And then Jonathan Taylor has the bye week the next week. So you're going to be with one of those guys for those two weeks, which let's not forget is bringing you into the playoffs. That makes me a bit nervous. Two for one, though. Love that. Obviously, two great running backs, but Derrick Henry's on another planet. Jordan, how do you feel about it? I mean, I I, I pretty much have to do this one, I think. I mean, unless – He also in- has Joe – also has Joe Mixon, which we flashed on the screen here. So you would gotcha. go from Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon to Taylor Jones and Mixon. Um, Mixon's a trade away candidate for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can make that a flip or whatever. But if you get rid of Henry, this is the kind of package I'd be looking for. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I th- can we count I think on you, Taylor? I, I think that you do it. I mean, maybe the only the only format where I won't is if you only start one running back for some reason and, and don't have a flex um, where, you know, Taylor or Jones is going to be sitting on your, on your bench uh, and Mixon as well. Um, it's a waste, yeah. I, I think it's a weird format, so I don't think it's what you're in. So for the most part, I do it. And then, you know, uh, you can either keep Mixon as your flex um, or like Sky mentioned, you can, you could move Mixon uh, to upgrade a wide receiver position as well. Um, so I would do it. Uh, and I think you're selling Derek Henry at his height. There you go. All right, Hex, we got it done for you. Beach, thanks for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Self, thank you for tuning in as well. Jordan Delavalle and myself breaking down the week six action, looking ahead to week seven. And you can find us both on Twitter, of course, at Sky Guasco and J Della Valley 7. Valley with an E, not a Y. J Della Valley 7. We'll be back with you, Bob and Buck, coming up next. And of course, please make sure to give us a subscribe and a, you know, uh, a like, a follow, a subscribe, a review, whatever it takes. We have a really nice tight-knit viewership here on the show each night, and it's awesome that all of you come through. If you haven't yet, it would really, really be awesome to us, and it would really help us out um, for coming in. Hex, appreciate the love, man. Not a problem. Come on by another time. Beach, every night, we always appreciate you as well. So thank you both very much. Everyone have a great rest of your night, and Bob and Buck will be up next this episode and all episodes are brought to you by believe podcasts and bet online make sure you go give us some love here on the podcast and we'll catch you next time for my man jordan della valley i'm your host sky guasco and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.